This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and I'm sitting here ready to go on the air in the studio, all the equipment, the lights, everything, the wires, and I neglected to shut my office door, and just as I start the show, two of my cats climb onto the desk. Not good. They may make themselves heard during the show. I think they know that we're doing a cat show today. Somehow, just like they know when you're going to take them to the vet, they know that the great, the wonderful, the terrific author of Kittens for Dummies and so many others, so many, so many, right? Cat Wrangling Made Easy, so many books about cats, is Dusty Rainbolt. So welcome to the show, Dusty. Well, thank you for having me, Deb. It's uh, wonderful to be back talking with you and your audience. I told people you were coming on the show. I posted, and so we had listeners send in their cat questions. And the first one we're going to tackle is... From a lady who is elderly, has had cats all her life, has never had a fat cat before, ever. Her name is Margaret, and um, she calls her cat Kitty Cat, but it does have a name. I'm trying to find the name now in my papers. Of course, I can't find the cat's name right now. But she says she never calls it by its name. Lucy. Lucy's the cat's name. She never calls it Lucy. She calls it Kitty Cat. Anyway, the cat is 18 pounds She feeds it a quarter or a third of a cup, depending on the instructions on the food bag. She used to buy Iams. Now she buys Purina One. Both are, the blends she buys are designed for overweight indoor elderly cats. She says she's doing everything she can. Why is her cat so fat? Margaret wants to know. Well, there could be like a million reasons why Lucy or Kitty Cat is a little on the plump side. Uh, did she say anything about taking kitty cat to the vet? She's been to the vet. She does the regular checkups. Everything there is good. And uh, the cat's 18 pounds. The cat is a domestic short-haired calico. The cat spends a lot of time under the bed. Doesn't really greet guests or anything like that. It's sort of a shy cat, but is really affectionate, warm, loving, active when no one's around, when it's just the owner. Mm-hmm. And the owner's a very calm, elderly lady. So it's a great combination. They're a great pet and owner. She doesn't even have any complaints. And she said she would hate to restrict her food or put her on a starvation diet at this age. You know, she feels like the cat is elderly. Is the cat elderly at that age at 12 or 13? Uh, Yes. Yes. uh, That is a geriatric kitty. There could be a lot of things going on here. One thing that can really help is exercise. And that's really tricky with a, an elderly cat that size because you're putting a lot of pressure on those joints. And they probably, she probably has uh, arthritis anyway, because let's face it, as we humans get older, we eventually will experience that. If she's been to the vet and if the vet has done blood work, that would be another thing I would recommend is not just look at the cat, but Go ahead and get a battery of blood work if you can afford it, because there there are different things that can affect the glands, uh, you know, the thyroid, all kinds of things could affect it. Could be something serious. It could be something not. If she's wanting to get her cat more active, but not cause some kind of sport injury early on, right? 
How right. could you do that? Like, you're not going to get the fishing rod toy and start, or would you maybe try catnip? Or is that likely to cause injury? Like, what's the method for people who are listening who have a fat cat and they want to get it more active, but they don't want it to, you know, hurt itself? Well, what I would suggest is uh, my cats, and I have a couple of fat cats, admittedly, are uh, toys that you can drag along the ground. And, you know, you first you start out and you just get them to walk and, and, and walk behind the toy. And then as they get a little more active, then you can speed it up to running. But uh, as long as they're fat, I would never, ever encourage them to jump. But the, there are some toys that you can drag along the floor and they'll they'll chase it. And that's perfect. What about um, catnip? Is that a yes or a no for an old fat cat. What if the cat is not interested? I mean, in the write-up, she, she said that the cat is very particular about its toys, and the only toys it ever played with were the little mouse toys that actually looked like mice. If they were a different color, forget it, right? Only <laughs> the ones that were authentically like a mouse. Even though this indoor cat has probably never seen an authentic, real mouse, it somehow had this preference. But um, it, then those are stuff with catnip. So perhaps it's, it is a catnip-responsive cat, is that something that's okay for the elderly cat or, or is that a, an avoidance thing? Oh, catnip is wonderful anytime. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it gives them a little bit of a high. It lasts for about 10, 15 minutes. It's not addictive. There's, there's no downside to giving them catnip. However, you know, it depends on the cat. Some cats will get the zoomies, which is wonderful and, and what we want. Other cats just uh, veg out, man, and they just want to yeah. take a nap. <laughs> I understand. I've had both types. I've had the kind that finds a planter of catnip, you know, and even though it's completely out of reach, somehow manages to get into it to fall asleep for the rest of the day. You know? Of course, of course. <laughs> So, so there's no, there's no danger. I just want for people listening, there's no danger that your cat would get too much or that a kitten would have a problem with it. It's a really safe, natural herb, right? It really is. And the truth is people make catnip tea, the exact same thing for uh, different issues, including monthly cramps. And, and so this is something that people have used as medicine. It's natural. Uh, I have it growing out in my backyard. Well, I used to. It's <laughs> it keeps getting eaten. Man. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. yeah, how did that happen? Uh, no, it, yeah. it used to be used um, for babies as medicine. It's definitely a, a medicinal thing. And um, I think recently they've started to make dog toys out of catnip because they've figured out that dogs like it too. So, really? Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't surprise me because it has a similar effect on people. You know, so it makes sense. Okay, so we're going to go to break and come back. And when we do, we're going to handle another email you got. Uh, so we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. But before we do, I just want to give you a little joke that I heard on TV on um, on uh, Much Music on the Comedy Network. And it was, if you find that you're outside and you want to put your cat on a leash and take it for a walk, then it's time you admit you picked the wrong pet. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. That's <laughs> and, right. and mostly true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That takes me back to the Great Canadian Pet Fair, where I was like MC and host. There's thousands of people. It's down at the Plaza Nations in Vancouver. Dogs, 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 dogs everywhere. 
And there's the odd person with a cat on a leash expecting all the dogs to behave. There were even people there with a ferret on a leash expecting dogs to behave. And I'm thinking, oh, no, this is going to be, <laughs> oh, no, I hope the first aid people are standing by. But actually, nothing happened. It was all oh, very good. Awesome. Yeah, people paid attention to the fact that you were only supposed to bring well-behaved dogs. And they did. So it was a good event. But seriously, if you've got your cat on a leash, you've got prey on a leash. Wherever you take it, you got to really watch out for that cat. It's in danger. You know, sometimes there was, um, in 2010, there was uh, Olympics came to town. And I went to the big parade and I was doing interviews on the spot, interviews of people with their dogs, mostly. And in the middle of this fray, like really hundreds of people in the street, there was a guy with a cat on his head, on his head. No leash, no, no harness, nothing. Just his pet cat hanging out on his head. Uh, and of course, I interviewed him. But <laughs> of course, <laughs> not the most coherent interview I've ever done. Uh, he was definitely partying hard. But um, <laughs> but the cat was super chill, super chill. Anyway, okay, so we're going to go to break and come back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. We're not saying you should do this. Most cats would much rather stay home. All right. Don't we'll be back. try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll be back with Jesse Rainbow. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Bestie Rainbow. And we had a lot of questions for you, Dusty. One thing I wanted to say before we get going on that is uh, kind of a, well, I just, uh, I was really impressed by CNN this year. They gave their annual hero award to Street Vets, an organization that treats pets owned by the homeless. And Dr. Quain Stewart was their, was their profiled person. And um, when he was interviewed and given the award, he described working with the homeless and that in one case, he met this man who hadn't eaten in two days and a man with a dog. And so he went and bought a Subway sandwich for him and for the man. And he came back and gave him the sandwich. And the man tore off a corner of the sandwich and ate it did. and ate it. And then he gave the rest of his sub to his dog. And uh, Dr. Stewart said that that just changed his life. It just hit him so hard. And he's been doing this work ever since with street vets. So CNN, well done, acknowledging street bats. I want to just give a shout out for that. That's awesome. Uh, one year I was at a veterinary conference. I think it was the one in Denver. Anyway, it was amazing because the, uh, you know, 10,000 veterinarians and they had a group of veterinarians that went downstairs to the basement. You know, they have a, a drive in area where you can drop off your stuff or your display or whatever 
And uh, right there, there was this big, 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 long line of uh, homeless people with their pets. And it was amazing because, uh, you know, they gave them shots. They checked them for injuries. They, you know, they gave them antibiotics, they, whatever it was they needed. Parasite to. treatment, all the preventative stuff that helps so much if you're living outside or absolutely that every pet needs yeah no it's absolutely amazing. and it was just i you know i actually cried because some of these people the people themselves were crying because the they were helping their their pets and uh you know they loved they so loved their animals and they needed them it made me so happy to see these veterinarians taking their time and and i'm sure a lot of this came out of their pockets uh, oh yeah care oh them. yeah is awesome. Well, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, there are programs locally. If you're in a situation where you need care and you can't get it, call around. Because most most of the time in most areas, there's somebody doing it. You mm -hmm. know, you may have to prove that you're of low income. You may have to prove that your pet definitely needs this. But once you prove that, that you're eligible, there should be cheaper spay and neuter. There should be some preventative care that you can find, maybe through the SPCA or maybe just through local vets. But there will usually be somebody doing this kind of work mm -hmm. in your community if you can hunt it down. Okay, so we had a question for you. It's kind of a funny one. Somebody out there has an orange tabby, and it's a male, which doesn't surprise me. I think most orange tabbies are. But um, she wants to know, when the heck will this cat stop growing? Okay. <laughs> well, how old is the cat? It's over just over a year, she says. But she says, like, every, every, it's just ridiculous. It's the biggest cat they've ever had. It's double the size of its litter mate that they also adopted. And she uh -huh. wants to know. The litter mate stopped growing a few months ago, around nine months. And this one just keeps on growing. <laughs> well, is this a long hair or a short haired cat? I don't it, have a picture. I don't okay, know. Don't have a picture. Well, no. you know, it depends on the breed. Uh, I have Turkish vans and they don't stop growing till they're five. Also, uh, Maine Coons, which are very frequently orange tabbies, mm -hmm. uh, they also continue to grow. But most cats stop growing by the time they're about two years old. They grow rapidly till one and then they continue to maybe grow a little bit and then they'll put on some weight so just like humans they're gonna expand in different directions <laughs> okay so you mentioned Maine Coon are those am I right in thinking those are the like among the biggest cats are they big 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 they're big they're big yeah okay like I've seen pictures where they kind of the guy's holding it and it stretches all the way down through his whole torso like these are long big cats right they are. And as a matter of fact, if uh, you look at some of the pictures on the internet, you know, Facebook or whatever, it looks like the, the pictures are altered or whatever. And some of them know they are just, it is the largest cat breed in the world, recognized by CFA rather. There's also the Siberian, which is big. The ragdolls are big. Again, Turkish vans are also very large cats. Okay. So when you say large, what do you mean? Are you like, what's a big Maine Coon? Are we talking like 25 pounds, 30 pounds, like a, a medium-sized dog? I have heard of, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Maine Coons get to be normally around 18 pounds, but I have seen some very uh, much larger ones. 
I've never seen one 30, but I have seen one 25 pounds and it's impressive. And it better be because, uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they better be gentle because you don't want to be yeah. dealing with a 25 pound oh. cat that's uh, not socialized. But of course, well, and calm because if it's fearful, imagine that like getting afraid and scooting up your curtains, you know, it would oh. break the whole rod that come out of the plaster, the wall would be damaged. Like that's or a your big arm. Thing. Or your, oh, arm. your arm <laughs> or this guy on with his cat on his head on the parade. Actually, we had a oh question about that. We had a question. Why does my cat like my hair? And why does my cat different person? Why does my cat sleep on my head? Two problems I've had. So why? Why? We want to ask you, Dusty, why do cats sleep on your head? And why do they like your hair? You know, we have to ask a cat that I have. Some, <laughs> I have some thoughts, but of course, you know, until we get to the point where we can actually communicate with them, we just have to look at the behavior and guess. And my guess would be that it's, you know, it's got your scent and yeah. you're covered up with a blanket so they can't get your physical scent below your head. And, you know, they want to be near you and uh, they smell you. And it's kind of, it's fun to snuggle, you know, because your head is round and you can curl around it and, it's a compliment, although it does make it very difficult to sleep because I have the same problem. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> some of it is that, like, I tend to use products with lavender. I love lavender, and I know my cats love lavender. So that's, but, you know, if I use citrus, maybe they'd be less likely to be on my head because they don't that, like citrus. That's a really good observation. I agree with that. I do not use lavender I, because of my long hair. I have to use really intensive care things but so but it, it has kind of a sweet herby mm -hmm. fragrance so that might they might be attracted to that but you're right if you if you had something that was heavily perfumed or uh, citrus or uh, mothballs <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah of course okay. that would chase everybody else off too well, we had another question. I'm going to go to break now because I want you to get a chance to think about it because it's a okay. little strange. And then we'll go to break and come back. Someone asked, I just love this question. They asked, what are humans to cats? Okay, everybody, we're going to go to break and come back with Dusty Rainbow. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and we had a question. By the way, I wanted to mention the first question for, about the cat that was fat 
Lucy the cat, kitty cat, was from Margaret. So I want to say that. And now we're, someone wants to know, what do our cats think of us? What are humans to cats? Well, again, uh, without without being able to talk to the cats, we're just we're just guessing. But I think we're food sources. That's like number one, maybe. Absolutely, but but it's a little more complicated than that uh, because we. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was a little distracted. I have some. 10 week old foster kittens and they are climbing the literally climbing the door to my office she's about six feet high so i hope she's okay because <laughs> well you know they say cats can jump five times their height but i have these two kittens that were born uh middle of september and i watch them and they jump way higher than that one like in a single leap i'd say it's more like eight or nine times their height I think your cat's fine six feet up on a door it can climb down on. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's a little <laughs> harder climbing down than it is climbing up. Anyway, she's good. She's good. What goes up must come down. <laughs> yes. Okay, but it's a, it's a little more complicated than a food source. Uh, we take cats who are basically wild animals. They're they're the same animals that wandered in from the deserts of, of Egypt. And we neuter them, so we put them in a perpetual state of kittenhood. They they don't mature in the the sense that a wild cat or a, a community, I mean, a, a cat in the wild would, you know, because uh, you hit about four months and then you get the hormones and and you know then you're breeding and then you have kittens and then you're providing for the kittens. And that might be a little bit different relationship than you adopting a, a kitten that's four months old, who's already altered, and they're not going to get that. But I think we're more a mama cat, because if under normal circumstances, kitties will, will often milk tread on their owner's skin or, or clothes okay or so like kneading you mean like when they take their yes. paws and they go back and forth and back and forth the way they would if they were trying to get milk to come out when they're a kitten nursing exactly yes okay. uh, the it's a uh, believe that the milk treading causes the uh, stimulates the production of milk and so you know they do that to us when they're comfortable and they're happy so yes we are food source but we're also protection we're also just somebody good to be with. It, you know, it really depends on the cat. What kind of socialization did they have when they were little? If they were raised like your foster kittens and my foster kittens, and they, you know, they have a lot of stimulation and they know people aren't a problem, then that's definitely the case. But then there are some that might not have had the good experience with human beings and they look at us as possible predators. They, they don't trust anybody. They don't trust anything. So that would be a slightly different relationship. That might be just food, like in, as in uh, the feral cats. You know, feral cats have their caretakers, mm -hmm. and they are a food source. But eventually, it may grow into something more, something deeper. Okay. Well, we also had some, some small questions, like, why does my cat sleep so much? And is this normal? Hmm. Well, cats. okay, so <laughs> <laughs> cats aren't exactly productive. Let's just say they, they know how to chill, don't they? They do. Gosh, I wish I could sleep that well. So <laughs> like 13 hours, he says my cat sleeps 13 to 14 hours a day. 
I, I think that's actually not that much for a cat. My cats, I believe, I'm looking at one right now, sitting in my office inbox. It's just sat down, and I believe it's already asleep. Yeah, looks like it. Breathing heavy. Eyes are half open, but they don't seem to be focused. Yeah, it, it'll be, I think this cat will sleep 18 hours today, if I had my, if I'm right. So is that normal? Well, the average healthy cat sleeps about 16 hours a day. And you know, the reason they can do that, everyone says they're, they're lazy, but they're really not lazy. If you- They're efficient. If they are very efficient. If you get a cat, uh, an outside cat or a natural cat, as I like to call them, who actually has to work for his living, they are such efficient hunters and providers that they work an eight hour day and then they can sleep the rest of the time. And I mean, you think about it, Probably more like a night shift. Really. It's, it's, oh. You're right. It's a night shift. You know, yeah. uh, they, they hunt in the evening. They hunt in, in the uh, early morning, uh, dusk and dawn. And then, you know, maybe if they didn't have such a good night, they, they'll hunt during the day. So here's the thing I noticed. Like when I watch and I have a creek and I get salmon come up the creek and sometimes bears come to hunt and they are terrible. They have like they're clumsy and they miss. They you, you can watch them try 10, 12, 15 times before they actually catch a fish, right? But my cats, they'll just switch to easier prey. You know, it, it, every kitten I've ever had tries to catch a hummingbird for a little while. It sits on the inside <laughs> of the glass, right? And the, the bird, the hummingbird's covered the spring and the cat sits under it. It dives at the glass. And after a week or two, it gives up completely. And if it can get outside, it will hunt the blind, tiny vole mice, Right. Uh -huh. Like it will switch to something easy. They're very practical that way. So their hunt ratio when they're hunting blind mice is pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susan Little, who is a board certified uh, veterinarian, and uh, she teaches at all the veterinary conferences, she says that a cat for every successful hunt, they actually have nine unsuccessful hunts. So even cats have unproductive hunts. Right. But but, but you're right. They're, they are more efficient and, you know, they work really hard. And a natural cat, because they do have to hide and run and jump and climb trees and leap, and that's a lot of exercise, a lot of work when they're when they're awake. That's what one of the things that makes them healthy. And it gets back to our conversation about the, the poor little fat cat that needs the exercise. A natural cat is going to be very, very busy when he's awake. And then when it's time to sleep, he sleeps. And that's, you know, well, that's something people need to pay attention to is uh, cats really need a lot of activity. So when you come home from work, run them around with their, their feather stick or, you know, a, a fishing pole or whatever, and get them to work hard for 10 minutes at a time, two, three times a day. And that'll, that'll do a number of things. It'll do the same thing to your little kitty that it does to the kitties <laughs> that are uh, hunting outside. Yeah. The natural cats, uh, it's going to produce serotonin and, uh, endorphins. So that's going to make them happier. It's going to give them exercise. So that's good because it, it tones their muscles and keeps them healthy. And uh, it also gives them mental stimulation, which if they have mental stimulation, then they're not going to get depressed. 
they're not going to be doing these inappropriate things or things that we think are inappropriate, like climbing the drapes and scratching the furniture and such. So that play mimicking what they would experience outside during those eight waking hours is a really important thing. And getting back to our other conversations, it is also bonding because cats know that you're the one that makes the toy work. To give you an example, when I was uh, writing one, uh, some of my books, my husband was working outside of the house. He'd come home and one day he said, they never pay any attention to me anymore. And I thought, oh, that's so sad. So I stopped playing with them during the day. I stopped feeding them. They had food. And, you know, if they came over and sat in my lap, I'd pet them. But I didn't solicit any anything. I didn't get the toy out. I didn't do anything. And then as soon as he got home, he would get the, the feather toy. It's called the bird, best ever. And uh, he would play with them for 10 minutes. And they would line up. We, we had 12 cats at that time. And they would all line up. The, the youngest kitten, six months old, to the oldest cat that was 16. And they would all wait for their chance to play with this toy. And so it eventually became such a joy because I could tell when he was two blocks away because the cats circled the door. Oh, the that's door. fantastic. Because they've done studies on that in England and dogs, many, many dogs, about 80% know when their owners are coming home. But they've never done a study on cats. So that's really cool. Dusty, we have to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for joining us today on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Dusty Rainbold, everybody. Thank you. It was you. my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. From me, Deb Wolf, and Animal Party Pet Life Radio, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.